Well, yeah, when we went to the gym and I said, right, Case, let's, let's just, let me see what your squat's like. We'll do a bit of Olympic weightlifting with you, but let me just see what your squat's like. Because that tells me a lot already, right? It's quite a safe movement. He put the bar across his shoulders, and I swear to God, when he came up, fucking oil was coming out the floor because he got his ass was so deep. He'd, I've never seen anyone get so deep with a squat. He struck oil, Angelo. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was trying to understand the oil. <laughs> yeah, Angelo was really wondering about that. Was, was there like WD40 underneath him or something? I love, I love Angelo thought WD40, and I, I straight away thought baby oil. <laughs> Completely different places our minds went to. Hi everyone and welcome to the Training Tangents podcast where we intend to have a light-hearted conversation to help you in your health and fitness journey. As a collective, we have over 40 years of experience ranging from regular gym users to professional athletes, so we like to think we have an idea on what people should and shouldn't be doing in the gym. Along the way, we're going to debunk myths, answer various questions and provide training tips, all in a short 20-minute chat in the health and fitness universe. Hi everyone and welcome to the Training Tangents podcast. This is episode number two. Uh, episode one, we talked a bit about Olympic weightlifting, a bit about protein, and we're going to go through a lot more questions today in uh, in the podcast. And I've got my uh, obviously myself here because that would be weird if you weren't hearing me and I'm not here. Um, <laughs> should we just edit that bit out? <laughs> this has already gone off on a tangent. This has already gone off on a tangent. Um, Schrodinger's podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a great <laughs> one. Um, I'm here with Angelo Notto. Uh, you just heard Rob Shulton and Casey Sanford. Um, so let's listen, guys. Let's get straight into a question. I'm going to randomize it. And the question I've got is, how can I sprint faster? So let's ask Casey first. Move your legs quicker, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not the moving my legs quicker that's the problem. It's the breathing faster that's the issue. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Angelo, have you uh, trained anyone to sprint faster? Yeah, I've tried to. Um, I mean, ultimately, Casey's not far off, right? You've got to have the intent. You've got to try and move quickly. Nothing replaces that that intent. But then beyond that, there's the there's the strength requirements, there's the power requirements that can be developed in the gym and outside the gym. So Angelo, what would you so because we can all say like run faster because it's the stupid answer that I came up with, but essentially it's like well where do you start? Like because it's not natural to think oh yeah I'll I'll do some weights in order to start running faster. It kind of in a lot of people's minds, especially when you go to the gym, you either train weights or you go and do cardio. You don't really do both you're kind of aiming to do one okay so for gem pop mostly i think one of the easiest ways that they can get faster is just to weigh less granted the science says be stronger most people won't do that just don't be as fat <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah you, you can't deny that that's true you know what i mean like that's one of i guess it would be it's breaking it down. I know that last one was a bit of a facetious answer. But you're not wrong. As with many things which you'll get bored with, it depends. Yeah. So if I get leaner, it's not really likely to help me that much. So I'd need to work on other things. Other people that are significantly heavier 
is probably that would be more likely the best way to go. Love that Rob downplays how lean he actually is. Rob, you, you're walking around about six percent. I know, not anymore. Those <laughs> days are, are long gone. Those abs on show. He's now what is fat for Rob, which is about nine point three percent. Um, so yeah, but no, Rob, like completely agree. A lot of these questions that we're going to ask and the answers we're going to have is always going to be. It depends because every question is is just it's a single sentence, whereas there's so many components that that make up an answer for it. And again, how do I how can I sprint faster? Well, there's the easy win of losing weight. Are you overweight in the first place? Like you said, there's okay, sprint more. Actually, go out. How much do you sprint already? So it depends on what your current training program is. You might just be doing heavy strength training, which will give you some carryover. But there is some anecdotal evidence i think with a lot of world-class coaches that once you get to about 1.7 body weight back squat if you squat any heavier than that it doesn't really improve your sprint times as much um so therefore you should be working on more explosive movements but if you're if you've not got if if you don't have any experience with explosive movements then you're going to get massive gains from that so again it depends on what you're currently doing what you're currently not doing and go from there that makes sense it's almost like a cop-out answer the previous bits aside obviously for recreational runners from gem pop that want to get faster they're probably running a lot but that normally means that they're lacking in mobility because if you run a lot it's what you like mm. you're likely to have tight calves tight hips tight shoulders because gem pop sit down a lot but you're trying to produce a lot of force in a certain movement in a certain direction so one thing that will cause problems is if you can't get into that position in the first place producing more effort in that movement is going to be wasted because you're looking at even a few percent inefficiency in running means that you're more likely to get injured because the the forces in running are really high and that means that the the work is going into the wrong bit so a lot of it is make sure that you can actually do the thing before you try to make that thing harder in biomechanical terms. So force, mass times acceleration. So you're being faster, there's more force applied. If you can't do that thing in the first place, that extra force is going to make you broken quicker, not run quicker. Mm. Let's bring this back to to um, to the original question because there's there's two parts to this really, isn't there? There's, there's me as an average gym goer and not necessarily in the best shape, I've trained in the past. I've been in great shape. I just have let myself slip, which is is probably the case for most people. You have sick mobility. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, I can I can ask to grasp when squatting. Well, yeah, well, we went to the gym and I said, right, case, let's let's just let me see what your squats like. We'll do a bit of Olympic weightlifting with you, but let me just see what your squats like. That tells me a lot already, right? It's quite a safe movement. He put the bar across his shoulders. And I swear to God, when he came up, fucking oil was coming out the floor because his ass was so deep. He'd, I've never seen anyone get so deep with a squat. He struck oil, Angelo. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was trying to understand the oil. <laughs> yeah, Angelo was really wondering what I was going Was there like WD-40 underneath him or something? <laughs> I love it. I love Angelo thought WD-40 and I, I straight away thought baby oil. <laughs> Completely different places our minds went to. So yeah, anyway, to take it back to, to a standard, like you've got me as an average lifter and then you've got on the complete other end of the scale is going to be an athlete. Like, and the, the differences between the two, like my, I've been running recently and my, my time has increased, has decreased significantly since I started. 
But majority of that isn't anything to do with me losing weight. It's to do with my cardiovascular system, my energy systems improving. Whereas with an athlete, you're talking about minute amounts of, of improvement. Like these guys aren't going to get a second, two seconds, three seconds faster. We're mm. talking about like milliseconds, if anything. Yeah. Sorry, if I can just interject quickly. If, if I can just, um, with Casey's example there, Casey, when was the last time prior to that event that you was actually sprinting often? Because if someone's not doing something often, then, then we have this set principle, the specific adaptation to impose demand. If you just do the activity, your body gets more and more efficient at doing that activity. So if you, you want to get faster, you have to be sprinting regardless of your strength profile and all of that stuff. You have to be sprinting still. So my sprinting would have probably been like, we're talking a good 17, 18 years ago when I joined the army. Like that's the last time I was in decent enough shape and, and having to run on a regular basis. I was running every day at that point and I was doing at least three miles a day and, and trying to do it as fast as I possibly can. Because I think a lot of people nowadays think, okay, look, the research says we need to get stronger. I need to be doing uh, jump training, plyometrics, strength training. All this stuff's going to improve my sprint performance. Yes, it is. Yeah. But if you are just not sprinting and sprinting with intent, there's not going to be that carryover. That intent yeah. piece is probably the most crucial piece, in my opinion. Yeah, see, I, I wouldn't say I'm sprinting now. I'd say I'm running. If we're looking at, again, general population and acceleration or speed, say people playing football, rugby, that they're going to do a lot of running anyway. Mm. They don't have the time for a lot of the other things that are relevant to an athletic population. And ultimately, the competitive nature means that if we're moving for the ball, we will generally put maximum effort in anyway. Regardless of whether you get paid for it, you don't care, your body won't care. Yeah, You're just going to go, there's the ball, I'm going for the ball. And 50% of the people on this podcast would pull something doing that, which then means that the way to actually improve it is to not do a lot of it because you're doing it anyway. There's a lot of sprints, stop-start nature in those sports. So get stronger, and then you can practice a lot of condensed, shorter sprinting drills to practice the mechanics and that immediate snap and drive into the ground when you go. So if we if we leave off athletes, because let's be honest, the, the chance of, of pro athletes listening to this podcast is minimal, but if we take those two then, if, if we take the average Joe who's going down to, to a gym wants to get faster at sprinting, wants to get fitter, wants to improve that cardiovascular and energy system versus somebody who is a sports person who's who's doing rugby, um, football, any other sort of kind of field sports. What what are the differences between the ways that you'll train? Because mine is just get on a treadmill and do some running. Then you just eventually improve. First of all, like we're pretty much saying is sprint. Like expose yourself to the skill that you want to get good at and the movement that you want to get good at because you'll get you're 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 moving your body weight that's still a, that's still a load so you you're still ex, you're still especially, doing triple extension my body weight yeah and me um but the thing is as well it's like the, the general public they probably won't need to focus too much on like crazy power exercises they probably just need a baseline of strength like if you can't squat your body weight and you want to sprint faster like try and do that first don't worry about jumps don't worry about all these things this is my opinion don't worry about that because you need to get a baseline of strength first we know but an opinion that's backed up by a dozen research papers there is that thank you rob <laughs> cheers mate but but you know what i mean like you know we know that power is force times velocity so if i can improve the force side of that i will improve power all right. So, and the force being, you know, your how much force you can apply to the floor, which would be a basic squat. So, I would always say, 
okay, if, if someone came to me and said, Lee, I want to sprint faster, first of all, I'd get, get them sprinting. Obviously build up to it. Don't want to pull a hamstring. But then get them to do a squat. I want to see how much you can lift. Because if you're smashing that big squat, right, we're going to do some more specific movements at joint angle specific velocities, all that stuff, right? But for the most general public, if you want to sprint faster, sprint a bit more and get your squat up. So if, if I'm sprinting, so I get down to the gym tomorrow and I'm like, right, I want to get as fast as I possibly can. How how long and often do I need to be sprinting versus how long how long and often do I need to be doing uh, squats? And I suppose the squats kind of doesn't really come into it because you, you're saying get to your body weight squat, which you'll build up to that eventually anyway. So as long as you're doing kind of incremental changes to the weight that you're lifting, then you're eventually going to get to the point where you're lifting your body weight, right? So, but how, how often do you need to be switching between those two exercises? I think Angelo's going to jump in on this one. Yeah, so, I mean, we've already said in a prior episode that, you know, running is very accessible. So everyone can go out and go for a run. Sprinting is the kind of like the king of running. It's the ultimate expression of that mechanics, meaning you're going to move very, very quickly. And you're going to be exposing your body to a tremendous amount of force. Now, should everyone go off and do a maximum effort sprint tomorrow? Probably not. Mm. The same reason you wouldn't go into a gym tomorrow and do a 1RM if you've never lifted weights before. A 1RM being like the heaviest you can lift for one rep. So it is something you have to build up to. Um, now, is that intentful sprint super important? Yes. Is it accessible to everyone right now? No. So you have to you have to build that base. So to answer your question, should a person like focus on strength or sh- focus on sprinting? Where are they at? Where is their training currently at? What are th- what is their resilience like? If they're not strong enough, and we know that research suggests you'd be exposing yourself to up to seven times your body weight upon impact when you're sprinting, you need to be getting stronger. That's mm. probably going to be the the lowest hanging fruit at this point in time. You need to be doing some forms of running. It could be jogging. It could be, you know, sub-maximal base sprinting. But strength right now is the biggest um, area of improvement. Yeah. Wait, then it wait, goes wait. to a point, what, actually... What's sub-maximal base sprinting, dude, before we move on? Okay, so sub-maximal base sprinting. So we know what I said about it, having intent. This is me trying to run to catch that bus. Uh, if I don't get that bus, I don't get to the, to the interview, and, you know, life's going to be crap for the next few months. Sub-maximal base sprinting would be just a case of 80% effort, 90% effort, right? There's still, you know, an effort, but it's not me fully recruiting my motor system to to fire and to try and complete this distance in the shortest amount of time. And is is at those points where you're really going at it, if there is any weaknesses in the system or any lack of familiarity with activity, this is where injury uh, risk is quite high Mm. because you're exposing yourself to something you have not exposed yourself to in a progressive way. Same way you would approach any lifting in the gym. You would gradually increase your uh, loads that you're moving with in alignment with your strength as opposed to just making these drastic sharp uh, demands on the body by increasing by stupid amounts of weight that you're not ready to expose yourself to so sprinting is the same thing it just doesn't look like that we can see that in a very obvious sense in the gym space we can't see it in the sprinting space yeah everybody can run but that doesn't mean that everybody should go for maximum effort because that's like picking random people from the street to do a hundred meter sprint max effort as fast as they can they'll get broken and fucked up fast yeah and this is what we touched upon in the last episode wasn't it like technique but like everybody thinks they can run everybody because we've all done it doesn't mean we're doing it the most efficient possible way or the safest way like i've injured myself running but probably because my um my technique's well off like in comparison to what it should look like 
to summarize, I think I think we've kind of answered that question in the way that um that essentially if you want to run faster, you've got to run you've got to sprint more and you've got to get yourself to the point where you're working out your squat in order to get yourself to a at least your body weight. Yeah. And that, and, and right in saying that? Yeah, I, I would go with that. And again, it's not that the squat is a squat is a fantastic exercise, don't get me wrong, but it's just getting your ability to apply force into the floor better, which is quite well represented with a, a back squat or a front squat or any sort of squatting motion. Or like we discussed in last episode, go and do Olympic lifting because apparently those guys are wicked fast. They are rapid. Anyway, um, <laughs> next question, guys. Let's let's move on. So this one, do I need to have protein? It's a protein question again. Do I need to have protein straight after my workout? Uh, no. No. No, you don't. Uh, uh, we all kind of agree with that. I mean, I've not looked at this research in a little while, but as far as I remember... There is an optimal window. It's like uh, four it's- hours, isn't it? But isn't there research to show that like it's it's ever so like it is tiny, tiny benefit to having it straight after? I believe ten to forty five minutes, but that doesn't mean it's sig- statistically significant. Mm. So I think then the data suggests that as long as you're getting some protein down your neck within two to three hours, you'll be fine. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I suppose in reality the way to look at this isn't isn't like whether we're getting the most efficient benefit from it. It's it's basically the answer is eat it or ingest it whenever is best for you. Like if you can take it straight after you work out, great. But if you if you can't do it for the next couple of hours, yeah. Do what works for you. Mm. Whilst the science will say various things, that doesn't work for everybody. Do what you can when you can. You don't have to be necking a protein shake as soon as you finish training. I've seen people walk around the gym with it. <laughs> yeah. They're doing a swig every rep. Yeah, buddy. How though, mate, I am breathing through my ass if I'm training properly. Like how are you then ingesting protein shake? Protein shake tastes like shit. I don't care what flavor it is. It tastes disgusting. Yeah. It's always that powdery, horrible taste. Yeah, I don't think the, the taste matters as much as the fact that you're training and if you're having a protein shake, your body is going to try to digest it, which is going to take energy away from the system and blood away from the muscle and it's going to compromise your training if you train hard enough with food in your system your body's got two choices train or put all the food on the floor i'm gonna be that guy that says look look at the the bigger perspective here because we're talking about you know post post workout recovery here you know protein is going to be important but like if your diet is just shit overall then what you're doing post-workout is not even important at this point we need to be getting the fundamentals in place which is you know energy balance throughout the day right depending on what your goals are, surplus or deficit, um, some sort of equal uh, or close to equal stream of energy. So your typical breakfast, lunch and dinner, your snacks in between. The the window of opportunity presented from training, it does exist, but there's theory, there's, the, you know, there's research and there's the real world, right? So just get to a meal mm. and a full meal is always going to trump any form of supplement. And I think most people just tend to look for the the quick, easy fix. So this magic pill or this liquid that's going to fix things up when actually... I'm a big advocate for um, protein Mars bars. <laughs> Definitely way forward. There are other bars out there that you can eat. Other brands of protein supplements available. You can have your protein shakes post-training, but if you're not having a good diet in terms of your macro and micronutrients over the day and over the week and hitting those protein requirements that we've previously mentioned, having something after training is not going to make the difference. You need to make sure you eat enough and sleep properly. Those are the low-hanging fruit if you want to build muscle. Yeah. Get the easy bits done. So the conclusion to that answer is 
basically take the protein whenever you can, uh, whenever suits you, because there's no benefit to eating it at any other time in the day, one versus the other. Is that basically what we're saying? Just, just get enough. Let's go into the training tip. So we try and give everyone a training tip at the end of each podcast episode. Last time we, we spoke about putting your treadmill at 1% to mimic more outside running. We spoke a bit about the squat today. So Angelo, putting you on a, on a bit of a, uh, bit of a spot here. How can people get the most out of their, their squat? Let's go with back squat because it's quite a widely used exercise. How, how can people get the most out of it? Warm up appropriately. So make sure that you are often squatting throughout the day at every opportunity. And then when you come to a session to do a squat, you actually do some squats and squat-based activities in your warm-up. Can I, can I squat while I'm on the bus? I'm about to say I've got views of people just squatting everywhere now. Mate, the more time you can spend in that position, the more comfortable that position comes to you. Do you know in Russia, they this is true story, instead of paying for a metro ticket, if you stood in front of this camera and did 50 bodyweight squats, it gave you a free bus ticket. Fantastic. That's what we need more of. Yeah. Obviously less of bombing Ukraine and more of actually making people healthier. Yeah, that's probably why they're doing it though, eh? To make sure all the young men are fit enough to stick a Bergen on their back and fuck off to the front line to get ruined by drones. Mate, but that's, you got to think, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big guy. I get on Rob's back and he does 50 fucking bodyweight squats. We'll see how he goes then. You're going to tell me now on your case that you're, you're actually scrapped the fucking 50 and you just rather walk. You're like, fuck the bus. Yeah, I would. Which is still going to make me lose weight. So next time I might be better off. I might be able to do the 50 bodyweight. Uh, all right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to episode number two of the Training Tangents podcast. Um, yeah. Tune in for number three. I don't know when that's coming out. Maybe next week. I don't know. <laughs> We've not even decided the date yet. But we don't know the cadence yet. Yeah, so. we don't know. We just we're, we're we're flying off the cuff here. So thank you very much for listening again, and we will catch you guys next time.